0: Hey, everyone, we want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt's.
1: You may know Roosevelt's as the company who makes those
0: rad all overprint button downs with just about every franchise that you love. They, of course, have Star Wars because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just
1: button downs, but t-shirts. They do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to RSVLTS.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's RSVLTS.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase.
0: Hey, welcome to Think the maker guess what i uh don't have the intro music just realized cool good time to realize that my name's adam oh adam i'm nick cool nice to meet you hey guys i'm ryan and i am
2: very much under the weather but i'm happy to be here well we're glad you're here we're uh we're
1: glad you're not dead where would the intro music go where yeah where is it where where has it gone on the other thing
0: i got it so i got this new road streamer thing I'm not using the old Roadcaster because I'm, I'm trying to transition. It's all video and audio and everything through this one thing, which is awesome. But in trying to get everything set up and moving my whole situation because I rearranged my entire basement, I forgot <laughs> to load the intro music on this. So uh, what does this do? I have that. That's what you want. It's all you need. That's all you need,
2: dude.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right. Great stream so far. What do you guys think? <laughs>
2: I mean I've only been a part of one other live stream. So yeah. I'm batting a thousand, I'm just going to say. You're crushing it. I bring the heat dude. It's
1: like it just gets better every time I'm here. Well, we all wore our nice shirts. Question though, what do you what shorts are you wearing or pants? What are your bottoms? Just I'm <laughs> not I'm, I'm
2: not wearing branded content on my uh, bottoms.
1: I can't reveal what's on the bottoms. <laughs> I'm wearing different Roosevelt shorts. It's a total power clash
0: situation
2: that's some some like modern disney dad shit though yeah,
0: yeah. you know it really is well done all right let's talk about star wars and um ask an important question the hard the hard hitting stuff it's a hard question mm-hmm. well first i'll do this we're going to talk about star wars films because it's been a while and it's going to be a while before we get a feature film but we've got all this disney plus content all these great series that we love so much that we've covered here on the show So before I start talking specifically about Star Wars films, I'll ask you guys a question. Nick, first. Mm. When was the last time you saw a movie in a theater? Uh,
1: Guardians of the Galaxy, so not too long ago. Before that, it was a while.
0: Ryan, how about you? Uh, The Little Mermaid,
2: last week.
1: Mm. For real? Yes.
2: Mm -hmm. Are you an enthusiast? Uh, My niece and nephew were not going to go see that film if I wasn't there. They waited (laughs) weeks for me to get to L.A. so they could go see it with me.
1: I do want to see it that the original and the music in the original, I feel like was big for me and my sister, nine years apart. She's nine years younger. So that was like a big moment for us. I feel like Little Mermaid. So I got really excited to, I haven't seen it yet to hear the music, you know, in a new way, bigger way. A whole new world. And then I saw a clip of like a new part of a song with like Lin-Manuel Miranda rapping in it. And I was like, I'm going to skip it. Just because of that, yeah. I'm going to skip it. I, I can't, you don't need to put Lin-Manuel Miranda in everything. It needs to stop.
2: <laughs> it's, um, it's updated yeah. <laughs> for sure. But that wasn't the, pro- the issues I had with it. So okay.
1: you're not going to see it. I mean, I'm going to see it. I just, I was about to see it opening weekend. And then I was like, ah, I'm good even though it's the
2: same exact story as the original film somehow they managed to not tell this the story as well like it, mm-hmm. it's i know the story and i found myself being like yeah, what, is, Lion King was what is happening here like yeah, what, yeah. who why do we need the side romance between <laughs> his, the, the the prince's mom and and like the butler guy like what there was just new things that didn't need to be there and then, but then there were some things uh, i apologize everyone who's watching and listening for my it's snot. Sniffles. Let's call it what it is. It's, it's freaking, a lot of snot.
0: So apologize for the snot, but don't uh, apologize for the 15-minute Little Mermaid review. I'm yeah, not. We're doing it. I'm not, I, would <laughs> never, I, I would never. Uh, yeah, I would
2: never. Yeah. So if you're going to see it, Nick, I'm interested to see because if it has like a childhood thing for you, it mm-hmm. definitely does for me. Yeah. That and Lion King. Th- I mean, those were huge yeah. you know, films. They came out when mm-hmm. we were what? We were like eight years old or nine years old or something. I mean, they
1: were, uh,
2: uh, Either way. Go see it. I want to know what you think about it. But I, the music, it sounded incredible. Her voice is yeah, freaking yeah.
0: gnarly, dude. Listen, I love talking about The Little Mermaid. It's Disney. Buddy, <laughs> it's Disney content, okay? It belongs. It fits. So, so something that isn't Disney content. Well, I mean, I guess it is now-ish. I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark the other day with Kurt. Mm-hmm. We went and saw one of the two, only two days that it, w- it was showing for, for the anniversary. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. I loved it. It had been a long, long time since I had had watched the movie, period. Like, it, you know, I've seen it in bits and pieces here and there, but it had been a long time since I sat and watched it, so it was extra cool to watch it in a big theater. And I had never seen that in a theater, obviously, because I was like a year old, right, mm-hmm. when I came out. Something like that. The thing was, though, I, 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 had, I had some thoughts, and I, this was really on my mind because I listened to uh, an episode of, it was a Ringer podcast, the big picture or something the other day, and they were talking about, Kind of the future of movies, movies and theaters. What kind of movies get made? What kind of movies go straight to streamers? What kind go to the theaters? And and what all the factors are like? What a movie needs to make altogether to to even be considered to be put in theaters? You know what I mean? And it had me wondering: Do we need to see everything in a theater, or with these great TVs and sound systems that we have, and spatial audio and our headphones and everything? Is the home viewing experience just as good, or preferred? well, while different for some movies because Raiders, I loved it. But at the same time I could hear like the bass booming from the, the screen next door, people chomping on popcorn, all kinds of crap. <laughs> and I, I'm glad I went, but I didn't love it. So I, I, the, the whole thing, the, the idea that you get XYZ out of going to a theater versus watching at home, the idea of community watching it uh, with a group does everyone want that anymore? Do we want that for real, or do we want that nostalgically? Like, how do you guys feel about watching things in a group versus alone, Ryan? I don't think that that ha- that particular aspect of it plays
2: into my thoughts on theater versus home whatsoever. What's your experience though? Do do you enjoy watching things in a group? I, I, yes, I do. Like I, you and I going to see Ma- Top Gun Maverick at the theater, like being as excited as we were. Would not have had it wouldn't have been the same experience at my house or your house right. and and that that while I say that it, it doesn't factor into how I feel about going to say see films in the theater versus watching them at home, because it's not something I really consciously think about, but there you go, you bring it up, and I'm like, oh yeah, actually there you go. There's one example. like you know, when the Stephen Knight film that I'm more pumped about any film ever in my life, probably I mean like I can't believe the dude that like runs my favorite television program is making a Star Wars film. Like if we're not all gonna get to go, you know, have a cocktail and sit in a recliner and watch that thing in Dolby Atmos together, what is then the the, the terrorists have already won. <laughs> you know? I'm crying. No. Um uh, so that's a huge I mean, yeah, I, I think the community is a part of it, actually, now that we're talking about it out loud. I mean, I would love to have you guys over to watch a movie sometime. That's fine. Yeah. But it's just not, you know, I mean I, I think we might be in danger of of uh or I, i'll speak for myself might might be in danger of like being a dinosaur you know being another kind of like just looking down my ever expanding nose at <laughs> younger people and how they feel about this kind <laughs> of stuff you know but i don't know man i've always been just i've been such a theater goer my whole life movies are everything to me i mean I, my my childhood dream of becoming an actor was because sitting in a movie theater was the most magical experience I could imagine as a kid, it was the thing I got the most excited to do in my life, you know, and guilty right now, man, I, I feel bad, like, because of, of the lack of support I've given to the theaters in the last couple of years, you know, post COVID, you know, I mean, up to up, right up to COVID man, through the movie pass thing. And then on into the AMC stubs deal. I was the I'm the guy who uses my three movies per week for AMC stubs. Like I'm, I, I would just go by my, I go by myself. I, I do. Like if I have the time to go see a film that I want to see, and I know like with my wife, there's going to be, there's always going to be some films that I want to go see that she doesn't want to go see. Mm-hmm. AMC's thing is perfect for that because uh, you know, I can go, but then going with her, you know, I think I get her pumped about film more than she would be naturally on her own. And I love that part of our relationship. So to speak again to community, we can sit here on the couch and watch shit all the, you know, every day, but getting her excited about going to a film with me, even if it's something she's like, not that Jack jazz to see, like, she she gets pumped that I want to see it, you know. Yeah. And the experience of going to the
1: theater together is something. Nick, what about you? Do you enjoy the the group watch? Group watch, absolutely. I I think that there's just such. I mean, to piggyback on the whole dinosaur dinosaur talk, <laughs> Ryan, uh, like malls are going away. They're getting yet like it's not that they're not cool. They're just not as useful as they used to be. And same thing with movie theaters. I mean. I wanted to see Super Mario Brothers. And by the time I thought to go see it in the theaters, it was just on my TV already. So yeah. that's a whole other thing. There's like the urgency is gone and the world is just changing. Like we don't need movie theaters. We don't need malls. I don't think they should go away, but that's that's the dinosaur talking. I, I, I like a stroll around a mall. And you know what I buy at the mall ever? Nothing. There's nothing mm-hmm. I want there. But I just yeah. have this like nostalgic feeling of wanting to be... I'm going to go for a a walk in the mall. I have nothing going on. Um, Sidebar, I went grocery shopping today and saw like a 70-year-old dude with a hat on that just said, I like the America I grew up in better. And I'm like, oh, man, like, geez, man, (laughs) dude, like, that's the saddest thing ever. I just wanted to go up to him and be like, pretty sure you were alive during segregation, dude. Like, come on. (laughs) Like, what? yeah, I don't know. I, it's I think for the first time, like i I personally speaking pride myself on doing my best to stay in the loop. and I know the more I cling to things that I used to that I grew up with and all this stuff, it's just gonna make me feel older. and I feel like I did it up until literally I was forty and it's getting exponentially harder every week that passes to stay even remotely in the loop it's just things are changing too fast um but i mean it just is what it is like i'm not it doesn't make me really like feel bad but it goes uh, i feel like a conversation when we're talking about the star cruiser and adam you were just talking about like you know exponential growth and like businesses needing to go out of business to make room for new businesses i mean we're just in the like fully in the middle of that and yeah in order for streaming to exist and movies that are going to be on stream like funded for streaming what's going to suffer movie theaters are going to suffer absolutely same thing with yeah. amazon killing the mall. i mean it's just that's where we're at it sucks but i don't know I think it's just so sad, man. Not, 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 I don't care about the mall. I, whatever, yeah. take, take the
2: mall. I don't care. But uh, a movie theater is not just like yeah, it's art. Films, you know? <laughs> fil- films are made with purpose. Uh-huh. You know, for the size screen that they're being played on. And Adam, you mentioned something about the sound system in your house, but come on, man. Like it's, it's not an IMAX. You know speaker array like films are designed and mixed for that experience to have it's not and if like, that's gonna go away it's it's yeah. really sad it's really i'm gonna sad. Do a
0: lot of playing devil's advocate on this here
2: well before you mm-hmm. do take a moment and watch the the most recent i can't remember um what account posted it um but basically a, a really cool behind the scenes uh thing i saw on instagram you know i clicked through and watched the whole like five, five minute video or whatever of nolan manipulating imax cameras to shoot uh, an imax camera in in your face so the idea behind oppenheimer is to make humans the face and their expressions the size of the imax screen but there was no imax camera that could do that there was no focal length on an imax camera that could get as close as he wanted to get so they they figured out how to reverse engineer imax cameras to shoot the way he wanted to shoot that's what i'm talking about net what is what's that going to look like on my 65 inch television on netflix Mm -hmm. not the same not 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 with the purpose that that film is being designed written and engineered to create a one of a one of a kind never before seen experience and i'm just supposed to be like well it's not what the kids want these days so yeah i mean
0: that's that's sorry
2: christopher nolan (laughs) give
0: me a break dude here's the thing though we we uh, being everyone who's like our age and older including Christopher Nolan, do we like those experiences because we grew up with them or because they're better or a little bit of both? I think it's a lot of precedent all wrapped up with nostalgia and maybe a little bit of objective truth about what's better. I think the only thing that is objectively better about a theater is it forces you to just only watch the film. Mm -hmm. That's a big deal for sure. That's the thing I love most. You go there for, for one purpose. Well, not anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're not an asshole, you go there for one purpose, you stay off your phone. If you get up to pee, you miss something that happened. You don't get to pause. Yep. And I love that because I hate, 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 hate pausing anything. Even a 30-minute show,
2: yeah.
0: I hate pausing. So there is that. It The experience is only about seeing and hearing and feeling the thing that Christopher Nolan or, or George Lucas or whoever made for you. But there are some things that I really prefer about watching at home. Like I, I actually don't like watching new episodes of Star Wars content with people. I like to be completely by myself with headphones on.
1: Is that because you always have? Because I like that too. But it's because I always have. Because Mandalorian season one came out like what? But
2: that's also like? stuff that you have to watch at home. Mm-hmm. You're not dis- at midnight. Like, like you're not. You're not. You're not talking about just nostalgia when you're referring to to decades of of. I don't even know what the word I'm looking for, but, but decades of inventing and creating and pushing the boundaries and the limits of sound and picture to create film on the, on the big screen, Mm -hmm. watch your episodic shit at home. Fine. But that's not, that's not the film going a movie going experience.
0: It's not. Uh, And even in 4k streaming is still streaming is still compressed and that sucks. But I have, I have a friend who um, was one of my managers when I worked at Apple. He has a home theater that's worth well over $100,000. He was a manager at Circuit City when they went out of business, and he cashed in at the end. He just Mm -hmm. got everything on clearance. He got all the best stuff ever. And over the years, he's traded up. And he just straight up refuses to go to movie theaters. And he also refuses to watch anything on streaming. So if it's not (laughs) available on Blu-ray for him to watch through his insane projector with his sound system, Mm -hmm. he doesn't mess with it. So to him, his experience, and and I would assume going there, I would probably feel the same way. Like this destroys any movie theater. He said he can't even, he can't handle the sound. It's like, you know, imagine you get the mix back for your album and it's uncompressed. You're listening to full, full quality flack or someone says, no, you have to, you have to hear the mix just over FM, you know, like that's, that's what going to the movie theater is like for him. So granted, we don't all have giant sound systems in, in home theaters, but... And we also
2: don't all have access to what I'm about to say. I think it can depend on the theater that you're going to as well. Like if you're just going to the mall theater versus like going to the Arclight in mm-hmm. California, that those films are presented in like the full glory of the way they were meant to be seen and heard and all those things like they're not. So, I mean, it's, you know, 30 bucks a ticket probably now to get in. into the Arclight theater. I don't know. I haven't been in a long, i well right, out of
0: business. So there you really? go. Well, of
2: did they, did they die during COVID? yeah probably around mm-hmm.
0: the dome is empty and
2: well the center dome uh, i knew was going away but arc Light, the entire brand is gone all locations are gone yeah i, I i'm signing off <laughs> turn my camera off.
1: quit yeah i mean i i think about music too i mean it really just has to do it, we always come back to this capitalism thing as if it's it's an issue but it's it has to do with like the it always has to do with young people like we were marketed to as young people. It now has to do with what young people want and young people watch everything and listen to it on this size with these speakers, you know, that's like
0: insane. that's it. That part is
1: insane to me. That's it though. They don't have a reference.
2: But, but between the three of us though, if, if it wasn't Oppenheimer and it was, it was the Ray Star Wars film that's coming out and there was, and it was going to be IMAX and it was that, this was a whole, a whole thing, you know, they come out and say, we, 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 manipulated all these IMAX cameras to shoot this film in a completely new way because we wanted to focus on Ray and her experience. And all these things. Is there 1% of a percent of a percent of you that would be like, nah, I'd rather kick no. it at home with headphones on. No,
0: like no, if, if it was a normal movie and they weren't doing any groundbreaking stuff, like I don't actually like IMAX to begin with. The, the aspect ratio is just, I'm not into it. And when it's that immersive, I get kind of overwhelmed. I don't love it. I don't like 3D and all that kind of shit. If it was a st- just the normal film, feature film, I would have, of course, want to see it on the biggest screen possible and I would want to see it the second that I could, early mm-hmm. as possible showing. But if I could get the full quality thing and I had a 75-inch OLED TV and legit surround, I'd rather watch it on my couch. But it'd have to be optimal because <laughs> I, I, like, I don't like to talk during movies. I would I like, see nothing. it
1: like once in a theater. I would see it once in a theater and then... By the time I got home, I'd want it streaming so I could just keep watching it over and over. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there's no, it's, it really is, it's nostalgia. It's what you're used to. It's what you grew up in. It is.
2: Cause that, that does bring it back to the nostalgia for me because I like the experience of the doors opening and hitting the popcorn yeah. hitting your face. And totally, you know, granted, it's scanning your ticket now, but whatever, like going through that, there's still somebody there that's <laughs> checking the tickets. Like, and that film movie going experience to me. As opposed to, like, when we're done tonight, I'm going to go back in there and plop back down. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It just has more purpose. It has more uh, magic to it. And if movie theaters are really going away, they're really going to go away.
0: I don't think they are. I think it's just going to be more and more about event films. You know, we're already mostly there. Yeah, absolutely. If it's not a big, you know, CG punch fest, it kind of doesn't get played in theaters. Mm -hmm. So we're getting there. But... I, I would still miss the experience and just also the the doing it for the sake of doing it and saying I was there element. I, I wouldn't skip the theater thing. I would probably do it first and I would, I would go home and if I could just watch it again at home because I, it, you know, like I've talked about before, I have a, a 23 year collection of movie stub, of movie ticket stubs in a binder there. Yeah. Literally every movie I've seen for the past 23 years. So I do love it. But there are plenty of times like the other day with Raiders where hanging out with Curtin going and seeing that movie in a theater as a novelty sure was the reason mm.
2: and i i, w- I was going to comment when you mentioned hearing the, ba- the
0: the explosions and stuff through the wall mm-hmm.
2: it's a problem you run into with throwback film screenings mm-hmm. they're not as loud they're yeah. not as they're not as bombastic the mix is lower all those things and unless you're going to see them in a special theater like like the Franklin theater in Franklin Tennessee talk you want to talk about a movie going experience dude it feels like you're stepping into a movie theater in back to the future in the 50s i mean it's like the lighting is all that way the the concession stand is it you know it's curved on the edges like all art deco-y kind it's, mm-hmm. it's just amazing and it's just the one screen and so and it doesn't have the it sounds good in there but you're not going to go see you know you wouldn't go see uh, the rise of skywalker in there and you expect to have your hair blown back by the sound but when they play throwback movies which they do a lot there uh chad gilbert from newfound glory runs ha- has a um, fun thing he does with some friends called the movie gang and they get licensed to play you know they buy the, the rights to play an old movie and they do this really cool like so i went to see karate kid in the theater which i i maybe didn't even do when i was a kid I, I'm, I'm tangent i'm going on a tangent here a little bit but just to expand on the movie going experience and what it can be this whole night was built around the karate kid and they had uh, raffle tickets to win a bonsai tree. They had kids from the local karate st- studio come in and do a demo, like all the way up to the, the like older kids who were actually like splitting cinder blocks and, <laughs> and two by fours and stuff with their bare hands. And like everyone was so pumped. And then they were like, now let's watch the karate kid. And it, I have goosebumps. It was like, <laughs> yes, let's definitely do that. And in that theater watching it, it felt like what it might've felt like to watch that film in 1986 or whenever that movie came out and yeah. i realize what a grandpa i sound like to anyone that's <laughs> under 35 watching this stream but i don't know man that's stuff, you know i'm not a, i'm not gonna apologize for it it's special to me that, that that feeling and that experience is special to me and and i agree i i've done what you've done and gone to see one of those types of films at amc and you know fast 54 is next door <laughs> ruining the movie the whole time yeah nothing you can do about it but but if I think if you're if you really love films in that way, and I think you can tell how worked up I, that I like this, you can f- you find a way to go see Raiders of the Lost Ark when there's a special screening at like a small independent movie house, and it that experience. I, I mean, can't overstate. It's so freaking cool to watch a vintage film in like a vintage theater like that. So, may, and maybe we're heading more towards where there'll be more opportunities to do stuff like that because as the big conglomerate theaters go down to what's going to be what? I mean, it's just going to be Amazon, right? It's going to be AMC, right? There's going to be just the one that'll be yeah. it. When it gets to that, there may be more demand. Actually, what happens in these situations sometimes, right? Is there'll be demand for cassette tapes. Like there is now, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's going to be demand to like see films on these like cool little indie films. And I, it's why places like Alamo draft house, places like that have existed yeah. all, all along. Um, so that, I don't know, that could be cool. A cool result of, the demise of the, the big movie theater, you know, is to have some some more
1: small screens to go see stuff like Raiders of the Lost Ark or cool indie films and stuff on. I feel like there's also just like an inherent like humans want convenience. And in 1985, right. if we could have watched whatever Back to the Future on our televisions the week it came out, I think everyone would have done it. You know, but it just wasn't. Yeah, how, it just isn't how it was presented to us
0: in the 80s or 90s. So, you don't know, get more
1: convenient than this thing. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm all kind of all over the place and I am playing devil's advocate to some degree. But I do, I, I'll, I'll say this definitively, I love the experience of going because there's all, there's all the other stuff like you're talking about in the case of a special event, like the Karate Kid with dudes chopping cinder blocks, whatever, even if it's just the act of like picking up the ticket, getting the popcorn and soda and going in and seeing people there in line, that are all amped for it, whatever. I love that. But the actual viewing part, that, that's kind of my least favorite part of the, the experience. You know what I mean? It is about like the event more than the actual viewing experience because maybe it's my ears also now. Like if something isn't like the exact right volume and the room isn't tuned really well, I'm kind of like, Ugh, that's harsh. I'd rather just be wearing headphones. Mm-hmm. Good headphones. You know, I don't want, you know, Walgreens headphones. That's something they should offer.
1: I don't know. Is that a thing? Like a silent disco type of thing? I'm sure it exists somewhere, but it's a good idea for sure.
0: Yeah. So there's that for me. But there are some times that are like you're like you're talking about a really really high quality experience, like uh, like Dolby Vision. I saw um, mm-hmm. there's one Dolby Vision, Vision theater in the St. Louis metro area. It's across the river, and another friend and I went to see the Matrix anniversary screening, and it was insane. Like it was it was actually too loud, but the the image, like even the film grain looked mind blowing, you know, like huge screen, the most crisp image I'd ever seen in my life. Incredible sound, a little loud, but I'm so glad I did that. So it's, it's kind of like either it's optimal or I'd kind of rather do it at home, but always on principle. If it's something like a new star Wars film or anything else like that, new Indiana Indiana Jones film, I'm going to see it in the theater just because. And that leads me to the main conversation topic here. We're going to get back to Little Mermaid, right? Right, right, right. This is uh, Think the Maker, a Little Mermaid podcast. <laughs> hey, everyone. We want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt's.
1: You may know Roosevelt's as the company who makes those rad, all over print button downs with
0: just about every franchise that you love. They, of course, have Star Wars because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather.
1: And not just button downs, but t-shirts. They do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to RSVLTS.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's RSVLTS.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase.
0: So, new Star Wars films. We have one coming in a little over a year, potentially. Right? We're talking about end of 2024, or are we into 2025? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? It's been a while, and it's going to be a while, is what I'm saying. But in the meantime, we have all this amazing, t- call it TV, whatever these series on Disney Plus that are, in a lot of ways, just they're not only giving us more time on screen, but more time to develop. Characters, deeper canon, and there are lots of sci-fi franchises that got their start in television and either only did a few feature films or never went to a feature film. And the idea of there being like a Westworld feature film to me is kind of like, what would we get out of that that we don't get out of a great season of it? You know what I mean? Yeah, well, we used
1: to get eight hours of it and now I'm going to go sit for two and a half of it.
0: Like... Right. Aside from, you know, a bigger budget for production you know, in a bigger spectacle in that sense and higher quality CG and, and the, you know, in the case of star Wars, the fanfare, the opening crawl, what are we going to get out of films that we're not getting out of TV that you guys, Nick, like, or answer this, however you will. How do you feel about that? It's tough. Star Wars
1: is tough because I would almost argue that as short as eight episodes of the Mandalorian are, sometimes there's too much dilly dallying. So I'm like, could we condense this to two and a half hours and make it a kick-ass movie? So I don't know that they're using all this extra time for great exposition.
2: Not in that's everything.
1: Cool. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, I thought about this well, today. Andor when, for
1: sure. That's you know, exactly like, what I was, was saying. Amazing. So far, the only mm-hmm. thing they've given
2: us that didn't have a monster of the week yeah. is Andor.
1: Mm-hmm. Ever. Yeah.
2: Clone Wars all, included, all the way back. Yep. So far, the only episodic thing we've gotten mm-hmm. that I am I have been that's i'm fully on board with all of it but i mean fully on board as a viewer like i I wasn't just some sometimes i'm watching a mandalorian episode because i got to cover it for the podcast not because i'm like this is riveting and or i was on the edge of my seat Mm -hmm. drooling the whole time you know that if they if all the episodic stuff was on that level obviously i would be more pumped but that's also what i like there are people who worship the mandalorian and and you know I think younger people too. I mean, that's why we talk about this all the the time—the adventure of the week kind of episodes. You know, that's for the twelve-year-old watching Mandalorian, and I'm here for that. It's awesome. Um, I want young kids to love Star Wars. I want them to grow up and carry on our tradition and carry the light. You know, but yeah, I I think I've made myself heard as far as how I feel (laughs) about movies. I mean, I I wouldn't I I could not imagine viewing uh, you know this untitled Ray film at home for the first time no yeah. no freaking way
1: i think too it's it's when you're talking the obviously the budgets are different and the scale is different and therefore failure is like a huge deal like mm-hmm. they bring up solo all the time not mm-hmm. making enough money it didn't lose money it didn't make enough money so it's done so i think they're riskier at this point movie for sure you know sure. so it's like <laughs> it's that's a scary thought.
0: Yeah, that that's one of the biggest things in, in the calculus in my head think trying to answer this question. Are the have the stakes just become too high? And because of that, are they not taking the kind of, I don't want to say the swings? Are, are they not telling the kind of stories that we want or that they maybe want to tell? Because it has to be a giant spectacle. And when it's a giant spectacle, does that then change the expectations? Isn't that kind of some of the things that are being said about
2: the Indiana Jones film already that like it could have just been like a classic core indie thing and it's just this giant spectacle. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to stay in the dark about that one, but uh, I mean, I, but I think that's happened with a lot of, a lot of these franchises. Uh, I mean, I, I, there's definitely something to that. Absolutely. Like it has to be just the entire kitchen sink or mm-hmm. nothing at all. Well, because
1: it also has to be for five six decades worth of age range you know Mm -hmm. like that's another thing is that it has to appeal to the masses it can't be this niche little i don't know if this is true or not but like something like succession had like three million people stream it it's like one of the biggest shows in the world and over the weekend or whatever that it or the sunday that it debuted that week it had three million people streaming it i'm like that's no wonder this isn't sustainable. Like I thought that was like mash levels of like like 20 million people are watching this show, but it's not. Mm-hmm. And that's on HBO and considered a success. So uh, it's... Who knows? I mean, clearly we're in like the throes of things not working out the way they should be because stuff's going out of business or getting canceled left and right. You know, like it's just... It's a real weird. A show, a show like success,
2: Succession, though, the obviously it still costs an ab- an unbelievable fortune to make the show but it's you know it does live in the space of it's a character-driven drama and they're just standing in rooms that you just rent the space to yeah, shoot yeah. in there's there you know the post is is a, a classic character film post of mixing and editing and whatever it's not a cgi you know just like festival of of computer-generated images mm-hmm. that you have to spend months and months on. You know, it amazes me how they're able to make the Star Wars stuff in the timeline that they make it because of no. how much of that is going on. But my point just being that I would imagine the budget for an episode of Succession is quite a bit lower than an episode of The Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so Succession rips, by the way. The finale, <laughs> the finale was mm, so good. Very good. But uh, I think one thing maybe to like, I always hold out hope for is that the pendulum does swing, you know, like we have gone through phases of film where the summer blockbuster thing has been just like running rampant and just beating you over the head for so long. And then all of a sudden you get into this period of a few years where the giant summer films are like, you know, look at, look at like um the Nolan Batman films. I mm-hmm. feel like that was like a swing back from, from, some things prior summers prior where it had been more end game size whatever and then those were like the biggest films ever and they were they were not they were gritty and and mm-hmm. real feeling and they you know what i mean I, and i i think even even independent film makes its way up in into like the the upper echelon of like whoa have you seen this movie yet once we get tired of this bombastic overloaded you know blockbuster thing And Mm -hmm. I think right now we're just in the blockbuster thing still. Um, but but uh, with reference of like a Star Wars film needing to be for all these different generations, I think one of the things that makes me most excited for the Stephen Knight film. What's the director's name? But I keep forgetting the documentarian who's directing the Ray film. Mm, I don't remember her name. I'm sorry.
1: I I forgot her name.
2: I'm sorry, everyone. Uh but the Stephen Knight written film about Ray is the kids who like really loved the sequel trilogy are gonna be in their 20s mid 20s maybe even like late 20s when this comes out and i think it's getting made like for for that and up honestly i don't think this film is trying to go back and grab people to latch on to like pre-ray story so you can be a, a ray fan for the rest of your life this is for people who are already a fan and you know with the blowback that the sequels have gotten and the team that they've assembled we talked about this i don't i don't remember when we talked about this on the pod but I mentioned just like thinking that the team they've assembled to make this film. I don't think they're trying to get, I'll go across six generations with this one. I think they're, I think they're trying to make an Andor style thing in the Skywalker saga. And I'm so pumped for it. And I wouldn't want that to be episodic. I want, I want that to be sit down, crawl, you know, yeah, like a two hour journey with
0: a character that I love. Charmaine obay Uh Thank you, Nicole Rourke in the chat. That's the director. Obaid. Chinois? Great pronunciation. Anyway. Um, yeah, the thing the thing about feature films with Star Wars, two things. One, just the fanfare and the opening crawl, nothing matches that feeling ever. Nothing will ever match that feeling in any kind of entertainment for me ever in my whole life. Part of it is nostalgia. Part of it is just the, like the, the high quality of, of that musical piece and that, like that striking image, it's just like it's top tier stuff. It's objectively just great. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of nostalgia. Um, the other thing that I do think we need in Star Wars is in movies in general, this is why I don't want feature films to I mean there, there's going to be a lull. We're already in it because we're in like this second golden age of TV or whatever it's the idea of telling a concise story like the hero's journey in a hour and a half, two hour format, a three act structure just feels different than a series. It just does. And I love that. I love stuff that's contained. I love a film that can just be one and done something. That's not a franchise granted that's rare these days, but I really love that kind of storytelling. So for that, that it's almost like a separate conversation although it overlaps to the one about actually going to the theater. So in asking and answering the question, do we really need more star Wars feature films? I would say the, the strongest yes comes from the, you know, the, the feature film format side of the argument. You know what I mean? Like the containment of the story. Yeah. Something that has a beginning, middle and an end. And it all takes place in under two hours. It's got three acts. It's, it's just different than TV. And do you think that
2: that Star Wars in, in general could ever truly become something that isn't rooted in film? I mean, I know right now it it is. There's so much episodic content, but Star Wars is movies. I mean, that's that's what mm-hmm. that's, that's how it started. That's how it started, and, and how it carried on and spread across the globe to be like the biggest franchise of all time. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't think it could ever fully whether we're watching them in movie theaters or not because all the movie theaters got a business i don't know but you know whether we would just be um the world would be void of star wars films altogether would be a tragedy and i think not just from nostalgia but because i think it's what the brand is it's what the you know
1: it's, it's where it came from i think it's also just like a odd i don't want to say business model but like artistic model where you have the movies and everything trickles down from there you know Mm -hmm. like i guess the mandalorian is the exception at this point but i still don't know that it's i think it's successful in a almost merchandising way (laughs) more so than i don't know how many streams it gets you know compared to every single sequel trilogy movie made a billion dollars does the mandalorian can you say that the mandalorian grossed a billion dollars based off of streaming? I would say no. <laughs> like not three billion dollars, I guess. You right. Know, per yeah, no a billion way. per season. No way, right? No way. So the success there is that they created new characters and now they have Grogu and Mandalorian and as new characters and then bringing in Ahsoka and Bo-Katan. You know how much, you know how much Grogu baby shit we have in here already? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's unreal.
2: Mountains of it.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, to me, that's something i think we're going to for the foreseeable future which is something i think you said adam i think it's going to be the cgi punch punch fest for it's going to be blockbusters because they're safe and people will go see them but i don't know if kids are going are kids going to see top gun you know like i don't i really don't know
0: if they have good parents they are
1: yeah so I, i i i think it's all obviously getting figured out still which is why there's so much trouble because <laughs> yeah. because you're trying to recreate or not even recreate create the new normal for entertainment while still grasping onto the old part you know how it used to be so it's difficult i've brought it up a few times tonight but i'm i'm really
2: really curious to see how oppenheimer does this summer yeah you know i think it's gonna crush because generally the, his films do i mean the, you know and kids aren't going to see that but you know inception and interstellar were both massive block blockbuster hits and yeah. um and uh dunkirk <sighs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know so I, I there's an example of of, of, a, of a you know call it a highbrow film mm-hmm. in the middle of the summer that could could make waves in movie theaters
1: you know we'll see well it's like the it's the nirvana of it all it's The simplest form of entertainment is... Most people are gonna consume it and then it's just not gonna it's not gonna resonate. It's literally for consumption, you know? And nirvana comes along and melts people's brains and they get excited and they're the biggest thing. And then what happens for the next 20 or 30 years? Mm-hmm. Everyone tries to be the next nirvana. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, right. we heard that already. You can't do another nirvana because mm-hmm. it's just puddle of mud and who cares, you know? <laughs> right. And that
2: <laughs> and that's kind of what I was saying yeah. earlier about how the pendulum sort of swings where yeah. everybody's trying to make the next big marvel movie and then everyone kind of gets burned out on that experience mm-hmm. and then you get uh, you know you you i don't know you get am i am i wrong in thinking that there was kind of a, to bring up christopher nolan again but he's sort of a blockbuster filmmaker that doesn't yeah. make you know franchise blockbusters like mm-hmm. that right yeah just batman well batman yeah but but we went through this like phase where like interstellar and inception and it, it felt like those some of these summer movies were not avengers movies like some of these big blockbusters and that's been a while i mean i i I don't know maybe Mm -hmm. i'm i I feel like i just feel like it's been a while since i've been looking forward to a summer film like this that is not is not an avengers movie
1: or something Mm -hmm. like that and then look at you know the best movie i've seen in it's one of my favorite movies ever everything everywhere all at once won all the awards thankfully what but that was a low-budget, what did it cost, $10 million, $20 million to make? It's a low-budget movie, but look at the, the vision of those directors yeah. who, by the way, are directing a Skeleton Crew episode or two. Nice. Um, Very cool. Look at the vision of that, you know? And it's like that's the nirvana to use that, you know? It's like they, they had a vision and created it, and thankfully they got rewarded. I can't wait to see what they do in the future, but how often does that happen? It's hard. But they had to do something so different for that to happen. I watched that film here
2: at home. And the whole time, the conscious thought in the front of my mind was, I
1: wish I was in a movie theater. <laughs> you I know? saw it five times in the theater.
2: The visuals and, <laughs> and the, everything that was going on in front of me, I was like, this is not. This screen is not big enough for,
0: mm-hmm.
1: to experience this film.
0: Yeah. It's just not. Confession, I haven't seen it yet. <sighs> oh, man. man. You'll love it, dude. You're going to cry like a maniac. It's so good. I didn't know anything about it. I'm so behind on movies.
2: I, no I didn't either.
0: It even existed until a couple months ago.
2: I was in the, to- in the dark as you like to go into a film. I didn't know anything about the premise of it or what it was about. Mm-hmm. Nothing.
0: Uh, I didn't I, just, know it I knew it was something
2: I had to watch and I finally got around, you know, pre-Oscar. I was trying to get, get through all the Oscars movies and I
1: watched it. And Dude. I think what hooked me when I saw a trailer or even just a review of it was they used the word multiverse. But then when you look at the visuals, you're like, what is multiverse about this? I have to see it. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like multiverse, Marvel. Mm-hmm. It was like, no, it was this like multiverse these... in a
2: laundromat. Yeah, yeah. And I'm <laughs> like,
1: I have to see that. This is insane. And it was one of the best movies I ever saw. And thank yeah. goodness, I felt like not redeemed, but like validated. Because all I did, I feel like, was tell everyone to see it immediately. You know, once yeah. I saw it and I went and saw it five times, I brought multiple people to see it. So the fact that it won
0: was justification for art. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, we're having conversations here. We're throwing opinions around. But I think there, are, there is one specific thing about Star Wars that we've already mentioned that, that makes it different from Westworld or Star Trek or, or Harry Potter or anything. You know, Star Wars is unique in that it started on the big screen. It started as feature films with no source material. And it wasn't until, uh, however, five five years ago or less that we got a live action series. We had animation, but that's so different from so many things. That being said, to not focus on feature films going forward, I, I know they're being more strategic and they're being choosy about what they do and don't make, but to not keep a focus on feature films does a disservice to the franchise and to the world because... Feature films are where the thing came from. Mm-hmm. The series is great as they are. Uh, the Mandalorian is insane. It's like like the the fact that we have this hero that's now so iconic that just came from a series. It's never been on the big screen. Is pretty crazy. But it's it's gonna be even crazier when we do see him on the big screen. It's gonna be even crazier when we see him on turn to the dark side on the big screen. <laughs> <Ooh>.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I also think that there is something to be said for you know
2: what someday all the people i'm about to talk about will all be gone and and youngins you can you just do as you please Mm -hmm. you know we can't stop you but you have two separate generations of star wars moviegoers, people my age and then people you know 20 years younger than me that are having or going to be having children you know so like my friends mostly already have them you're 20 20 years younger than me, right? You're a prequel. You grew up on the prequels, right? If if
0: you were- Ish, 15, 20. Yeah. yeah.
2: Like, you're gonna, there's still gonna be the element of like, I can't wait to take my kid to this this theater for the new Star Wars movie. And that's gonna, my point is, I think that's not gonna go away for a long time. That's the point I'm trying to make. The idea of, you know, I know how pumped my dad was to take me to Return of the Jedi, and I was only three years old. They tell the story all the time about- how me and mom were in line, and dad was at work, and he was late, and barely made it to get to the movie, and he was so bummed, and he wasn't going to get there because he was. It was like the night of his. Life. I was three years old. I didn't know what I was watching yet, you know. But like, as soon as those movies were back in the theaters, though, in the late '80s and early '90s, like what we did. I mean, we ran to the theater, you know. And I, I think, I think generationally that's around to stay for quite a while. As far as fans like us wanting to take
0: our families to the theater for the new Star Wars premiere, that's not going to go away. I certainly hope not, and despite everything I said earlier, i'll say it definitively right now. We need more Star Wars films, we need them in theaters, and I will be there on opening night every single time. Hopefully together, the three of us here and there be great yeah, and
1: i don't I, I, I really there's another universe there's a everything everywhere all at once, multiverse scenario where solo did really well, and we get <laughs> two movies a year, you know <laughs> like yeah. like i want to live in that world one a year isn't even enough and now we're just going multiple years without them it's like ugh, no
2: there's been obviously a huge reset i mean for it to be this long without a film i mean i think you always knew there was going to be <clears throat> like taking a beat you know at the end of the skywalker saga which kind of like yellow card it's ever real no one's ever really gone it's not yeah. the actual end but to take this long of a gap obviously they've just i think you mentioned it nick that's just they're like re-strategizing or whatever, you know, they Mm -hmm. have been for a long time Yeah, because solo only made $600 million
0: or whatever it was, $500 million. The world's changed. Weird stuff happened. It'll be fine. All right, let's wrap it up. Let's uh, remind you right now that Mosh Isley tickets for Mosh Isley San Diego, July 21st are still on sale. If you didn't get a t-shirt bundle, sorry to hear about your loss. Cause uh, Mm -hmm. those are done. They gone. We still have uh, general admission tickets left, and it's going to be awesome. We're working on some crazy stuff, like next-level stuff right now. So we're pumped. MoshEisley.com is where you can go to get that. You can order other merch just straight from the website. There's some good stuff. Uh, Patreon.com slash ThankTheMakerPod is where you can go if you want to support this podcast directly. Shout out to all the patrons hanging out with us right now in the stream chat. There's a bunch of new stuff, new tiers that we launched uh, on May the 4th. We've got a completely ad-free feed of the podcast via Patreon. There's exclusive merch, some new tiers that get you uh, quarterly merch, not just one t-shirt. So lots of good stuff. Patreon.com slash pod. That makes this podcast possible legitimately, for real. Dudes, thanks for hanging. Yeah. Good talking good. movies with you. Even when we're done, I'm just going to hang here. Right. <laughs> Follow us on social media. That's all in the show notes. Thanks for listening. And until next week, may the force be with you. If you enjoy Thank the Maker, you can support us by following and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or you can support us directly at patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod, where you can get access to our Discord server, exclusive content, exclusive merch, our recording live stream, and more. Our patrons quite literally make Thank the Maker possible.